Star Wars 7x7, episode 807. Today, it is a Clone Wars briefing. We are wrapping up season two with a lethal trackdown. This is episode 22 of that second season of the Clone Wars TV series. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and we are at the end of a three-episode story arc with Lethal Trackdown. Again, Season 2, Episode 22. And a while back I talked about the story arc in Star Wars Rebels where Governor Tarkin showed up and had a couple of guys executed and said that things really sort of got serious in that episode. The idea being that, yes, of course, this is a kids' cartoon series, but... You know, it's not necessarily not intended for adult fans of Star Wars as well. And I think we have reached a point in this Clone Wars series where we are now being serious for the serious Star Wars fans as well. I'm not necessarily saying that they weren't being serious before. I'm just saying I think it has come more to the fore that they are actually looking to be a little bit more adult-oriented or acknowledging at least that they have an adult audience and catering to it a little bit. Not necessarily totally fan service, but at least doing storylines that seem to be a little more complex, a little more nuanced, have a little bit more heft to them, if you will. Now, interestingly in this episode, Mace Windu and Anakin get put on the sidelines in favor of Plo Koon and Ahsoka Tano. And it's almost as if they've decided, you know what, we have more stories to tell and it's not just about Anakin anymore. And so we are going to start filling out this universe a little more aggressively. So while Anakin and Mace are resting and recuperating, and hopefully somewhere R2-D2 is resting and recuperating as well in this episode, because man, I have never seen him as worked up as they had him worked up when he showed up in the Jedi Temple at the end of that episode to let everybody know what was happening back on Vancor. He was more agitated than they've ever animated him, than they've ever had him be in the live-action films. So yeah, get that droid a good power charge, and do astromechs take oil baths? I know protocol droids do, but anyway. So Plo Koon and Ahsoka team up to track down where the hostages are. Because the Jedi have received a transmission from R. Singh and Boba Fett talking about the hostages and wanting them to come find them in the hostages, Mace Windu specifically, so that Boba can face Mace Windu on his own terms. And as part of this display, Ara Singh orders Boba Fett to kill one of the hostages, which he does not have the courage to do. Now, I'm saying it as courage, and yeah, I know we could have a discussion about that. But the issue is, is that he's not able to work up the courage to do it. It's not a courageous act. I know, I know, I know. But you know what I mean by this. Like, he's not able to you know, muscle up and do it. So Aura Singh does it for him instead. And then in the background, after the transmission's over, says, don't ever you know, do that again. You know, if I tell you to kill somebody, kill somebody and be done with it. So there's an interesting dynamic developing here between Aura Singh and Boba Fett, or at least it's been developing over the past couple of episodes. So Aura Singh has clearly taken Boba Fett in, but what her investment is in him, I'm not really sure. I mean, I guess you could call it motherly in a way, or older sisterly at the least, but I don't know 
that there's any reason for them to have this relationship. So unless there's something I missed somewhere, I have no idea why Aura Singh has taken Boba Fett under her wing, unless there's some sort of, like, you know, Jango Fett had, you know, a debt that was owed to him by Aura Singh or something where you know, she said, like, if something happens to you, I'll take care of him or something like that. I don't know. If you happen to know what the link is there, then please do share it at the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. So Aura Singh decides to take the gang to Florum to not exactly hide out. This is where she wants the confrontation to happen. Florum, of course, happens to be the home planet of none other than Hondo Anaka, everybody's favorite smuggler slash Jedi confounder. And it turns out that Hondo and Aura used to be a thing, and they are no longer a thing, but that has its own interesting dynamic still. They're on speaking terms, such as it is. And it only goes so far because Hondo says, yeah, messing with Jedi is bad news and I won't help you, but I won't hinder you either. So when Plo Koon and Ahsoka eventually find them and get to Florham and track them down, Hondo is there to greet them and they figure he's walking them into a trap, which Hondo says, yep, I have no idea what she's got planned for you. And Plo says, you know, why are you telling me this? And he says, because I want you to know that I have no part in this. I'm not involved. And the shots here toward the finale of this episode are very sort of old-fashioned Western in nature. Like, you get the sound of wind chimes blowing when it's otherwise comparatively quiet, and the sound of boots crunching on the ground as they're walking. They're going to meet in a saloon, and you get, like, boots clanking on the floors. And, yeah, there's definitely a very old-time Western showdown feel to these final scenes. So Plo goes in to meet Aura Singh, and Boba gets the drop on Plo, but then Ahsoka gets the drop on Aura, and there's a lot of fighting back and forth, and ultimately Aura tries to beat Feet out of there. Boba Fett tries to follow her, but is actually force-pulled back into Plo Koon's arms. Now that I found particularly interesting, because of all the times that we've seen a force push, I don't know that I've ever seen a force pull. I don't know that I've ever seen that happen before. All right, well, now as I'm saying it to you, it was something that we saw in The Force Awakens. Kylo Ren does a force pull of Lieutenant Mitaka when he finds out that there was a girl that helped with the escape of Finn and BB-8 from Jakku. But you got to mind that that happened about five years after this particular Clone Wars episode. So I think we have sort of a first instance of a force pull right here instead of a force push. So Plo pulls Boba Fett into his arms and Aura Singh, looking at the odds, decides that she cannot fight this battle, and so she runs to escape, which, of course, crushes Boba's heart because he can't believe she left her. And Plo tries to talk some sense into him to say, hey, you know, you got to tell me where the hostages are or they're going to die because you're not the kind of person who would let them die. Like, they seem to be able to figure this out with Boba, but Boba is not going to give him up this time. Now, even though Hondo Anaka has said that he is not getting involved in this, basically, Plo takes Boba Fett to him and says, maybe you can talk some sense into him. And Hondo says, yeah, your dad would have told them where the hostages were. It's the honorable thing to do. And I'm not sure that decision necessarily worked for me. I mean, I know they needed a reason story-wise to make sure that they got to the hostages. But was Django ever really that honorable? I mean, I don't get that impression, so... I don't know. Granted, we don't have a lot of experience with him. We only have what we saw in Attack of the Clones, and that was about it. So maybe Hondo knows something about him that we don't. But 
That being said, in the meantime, R.S. Singh has stolen one of Hondo's team's speeder bikes and taken off into the wild dirt yonder. Ahsoka runs after her and tries to get on a speeder bike to chase after her and almost gets shot for her trouble. Somebody standing next to Hondo raises a rifle to shoot her off the thing, and Hondo actually puts his hand out and makes him lower the blaster rifle. And that was a cool little moment, I thought, too. So Ahsoka chases after Aura, who leads her on a merry chase until Ahsoka gets a transmission saying, is just trying to lead you further away from the hostages. Go to these coordinates because Hondo made Boba give up the goods. So Ahsoka takes off. Aura realizes what's happening and takes off after Ahsoka. Now Ahsoka manages to get to the hostages first and takes out Bosk and frees the hostages. Aura shows up in a spectacular way, flying out of nowhere, slamming her speeder bike into the speeder bike that Ahsoka borrowed, causing all sorts of explosions and concussive force and that sort of thing. Aura, of course, manages to bail out in time to run onto Slave 1 and get it all fired up. But Ahsoka recovers and does something rather striking. She jumps up onto Slave 1 as it's starting to take off. This seems like a very bad idea but manages to hold on long enough. Like, this is where it gets me nervous because I start to see the thing take off and your options once it gets in the air are kind of slim. Like, if you make the thing, you know, crash, then you're going down with it. But if it takes off too high, then you're stuck. Oh, man, that gets me nervous. Anyway, she actually slashes one of Slave 1's controller fins, you know, the side fins, and that causes problems, makes it start spinning around wildly. And then Ahsoka ends up winding, you know, like sliding, winding up is what I meant to say, on the cockpit window of Slave 1. And I love this whole sequence. Like she jams her lightsaber in to try and get at Aura Singh. Aura Singh starts firing her blaster through the cockpit window. Ahsoka has to pull her lightsaber out and start defending herself against the blaster bolts. Ultimately, they shatter the glass of the cockpit and Ahsoka goes flying. Thankfully, she is not too high where she can actually do a nice Jedi landing and everything works out. But meanwhile, with all the damage that's been done, Aura Singh and Slave One spin out of control to crash over the horizon somewhere. Now, we don't get to find out what happens at the wreckage, but clearly Slave 1 survives this situation because we see Slave 1 in the Empire Strikes Back. As far as Aura Singh, I have no idea whether she survives this or not. You know, if Slave 1 survives it, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's a good chance that Aura Singh survives it too. But what we end up with as the finale of the episode is Boba Fett being brought into custody and facing down Mace Windu in person. And this is what this whole three-episode arc has been building to, this actual face-to-face confrontation between Boba and Mace. And here's what Boba says to Mace and Mace's response. I see now I've done terrible things. But you started when you murdered my father. I'll never forgive you. Mm. Well, you're going to have to. Take him away. All right, so I would love to hear what you thought about that exchange personally. All right, so I'm not a fan, I guess I should say in general. Like, that did not necessarily work for me. But I guess it depends on what level you're asking me that question. Like, what I wanted to happen or what should have happened. So if 
the whole of the Clone Wars and a lot of the prequel trilogy is focused on the downfall of the Jedi and what went wrong with them that made them so vulnerable as leaders of the galaxy to be toppled in the way that they were. Well, this is possibly one great example right there. The Jedi are supposed to be compassionate and there is zero compassion, let's say negative compassion on the part of Mace Windu for this poor boy who, yes, absolutely, thoroughly, granted, destroyed a Jedi cruiser, was party to killing dozens, if not hundreds, if not even thousands of people, absolutely. And yet he's doing it because he had one grudge, and he's regretful about what he's done, and angry and frustrated with what's happened. And Mace Windu has an opportunity to do something very good here, to actually help turn this kid back toward the light. And his response will not do it. So maybe in a storytelling sense, this is exactly what it needed to be, and I needed to be disappointed in Mace Windu as a result of this, but I'm bummed that this is how it ended. That was not fulfilling for me in that respect, but again, maybe that was the story that needed to be told because it fits in with the larger picture of things. So uh, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on that ending, so please do share them in the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. All right, so that is going to do it for Season 2 of The Clone Wars and our Clone Wars briefings on them. We will pick up with Season 3 in a couple of weeks, but for now, we are going to handle the trivia question after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Hey, welcome back. I've got your trivia question here for you. Red Squad, Blue Squad, take my lead. I'm on it. We're going to be on Last time I pointed out that BB-8 has a habit of getting himself caught in nets, and I wanted to know how many times he gets himself caught in a net in The Force Awakens, and that's two. Today's question, what part of BB-8 does Tito damage in Tito's attempt to capture BB-8? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge a blockade, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans of the podcast, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not astromech cannon fodder, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.